Welcome to Parenting with Vanessa Cologne. Today we're going to talk about social stories. They were developed by Carol Gray in the 1990s. And this is a, this is also a methodology used for children who have autism. So for example, if they're looking to, for a skill set or to teach something, this is what they would do is use a social story. So it's coming from the perspective of the child and what the child's expected. For example, if you're going to come to my yoga class, I would have a social story of first we walk in the door, then we take our shoes off. There's going to be a picture where the shoes are going to be. Then you take go to the mat. Where's the mat located? And then we have a schedule and we go from there on the expectations, right? So what are the expectations in the yoga class? Hopefully not hitting and hopefully not rolling up and, you know, having fun, right? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But you want to make sure that you're clear on the expectations. I've actually used social stories as a way for older, young adults going to a restaurant on the expectations that, you know, what happens when you go to a restaurant? You wait, you see the hostess. I mean, there's just a lot of steps. If you actually look at how many steps there are to things, for example, just going out to dinner or doing something like that. And I'm just going to pretend that my dog came in with another treat in her mouth from outside right now. So we're just going to keep going with this. Um, So for example, you go in the restaurant, you know, you stop, you you greet the hostess. You have to wait. You can't just like walk in, find a table, sit down. I remember one time I took one of my kids out and we went to a coffee shop and I said, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. He grabbed a chair and he literally went up to another table when a guy was having a date with somebody and took her chair while, you know, she got up to order something. And I had to explain to him, you know, you, you have to ask first, right? You have to ask to take someone's seat. But I remember I'm just taking it and I'm going, ooh, we don't do that. So again, like a social story is a great way to be able to teach skill sets and what's expected when you go in. So for, for example, you go to the restaurant, you wait for the hostess, you put your name down and then you wait for them to call on you and then they walk you to the table and then you actually have to look at the menu and figure what you want to eat and then you have to, you know, there's steps of ordering too. I mean, think about how many steps that we have to do in everyday life. I mean, there, it's a lot like, how, you know, even pumping gas, like where do you pay what you're doing? There's all these social cues and social norms that we follow, but a child on the spectrum or just having anxiety, it's not the same, right? So you want to make sure that as you're doing the social story, it's like, it's not when you go to the restaurant, I'm not going to scream. We're not going to put, no, we're not going to do something because that's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress on a child. We're going to say, I'm going to try not to scream. I'm going to try not to throw food across the room. I'm going to try to control my anger or, or if I get upset, I will try to do this again. It's always, I will try. We want to make sure that we're at the child. If they aren't successful, that they still tried. It's not like we're saying, no, don't do this. And they do it. And then what are they feeling inside that they, they weren't, they weren't successful. And so as we're talking about reopening schools and kids on the spectrum or just kids with anxiety, let's talk about how we can help a child, right? So having a social story of like, we're going to go to Miss Vanessa's class. Mind you, I just like to be called Vanessa. I'm not ready for the other, the other language going on here with the name because I feel a little bit older and I just, I'll, I actually like to connect the child with the child on their level. So I just think having my name alone is perfect for me. So first we're going to do, you know, we're going to walk in, you're going to put your backpack away. Oh, that's first, you're going to take your temperature. Then you're going to ask some questions. If you traveled, if you have a cough, anything else. I mean, some teachers might be asking that. I don't know. It's up, it's up to the policy of the district. And then, you know, where are they sitting? What are the expectations? Uh, and if they need a break from the mask, where are they going to go? Or how are, how can that happen? How do they ask? So these are the things as you guys are, as 
people are reopening to think about and how to teach. So I use a social story for, you know, self-help skills. I will use it for, you know, the restaurant, what we talked about earlier. I'm also going to use it for, you know, going to the bathroom. There's steps to go to the bathroom, you know, washing your hands and other things like that. But again, I'm going to make it personal to the child. So I will take pictures of the child doing it. The child is going to be part of this process. So it's not going to be some random child doing all these things. It's going to be like, no, let's take pictures of the, of that, of, you know, let's just say Ed. I don't know. There's Ed. I don't have an Ed, so it's good. Ed going to the store. Ed, you know, going to the restaurant, but again, it's personal to Ed. So these are the things that they can always look at themselves doing it. And it's all about the positive behavior that you want to see in that individual. And also how do you teach them? Because I think a lot of times if you're doing step-by-step and just telling a child this over and over and over again, they're not going to get it. They need to see a visual. They need to go out. They need to be part of it. They need to experience the whole thing for them to actually understand it. Because a lot of times kids I'm not hearing what you're saying anyways half the time. So that's another thing. We want to make sure that we are being successful as we're teaching. And I'm actually going to read you a social story we did with, with a child a couple years ago. And it's, and it's on expectations in a classroom. So, and also what I do is like one, one sentence per page. So it might be a little bit bigger because I don't want to overwhelm. So like one or two sentences per page, then the picture of the child doing what is in the story. So here we go. Here, it's called expectations. At school, we make agreements about how to act in class. These agreements are called expectations. All of us are expected to participate in class because each person is important. We are all included in the group. Again, a picture of the child, part of the group. I am an important member of the class. Again, a picture of the child in the class. I will do my best to include myself in the group. Again, you'll say, I will do my best. It's like, I'm gonna try. Sometimes I don't feel like doing what is expected. Sometimes it feels uncomfortable to do activities that I don't like. Sometimes I don't want to listen to adults. Again, it's not every time, it's sometimes. Because we want to make sure that the child knows that, you know, it is going to take time and sometimes they are successful and sometimes they're not, just like adults. And you might have a picture of the child not listening and make it a game. Like, can you give me a picture you're not listening? I'm learning that not everything in life is fun. I am learning that in my life, I will need to do things that I don't want to do. I am learning that when I challenge myself, I grow into a stronger person. And then again, another picture of the child doing something that makes them successful and they feel good about themselves. Because once again, it's about how the child feels internally for them to move to the next step, to make actual changes. When others speak to me, it's expected that I listen with my whole body. Now, whole body listening is a program that I use. That you can, you can. There's a book on there, um, and they have it. There's like visuals and everything else. So I think it's Michelle Garcia Winner that did this one. I could be wrong. I'm not sure, but I, f- I forget on there. But whole body listening is a great book that you can get on Amazon. Everything else, but it talks about. It actually shows you how you listen with your eyes, your ears, your mouth, and your hands, and your feet, and your body. And this actually helps a lot of kids that have a hard time understanding, you know, maybe you have to look in the same direction. I'm not saying making eye contact, but look in the same direction. Or, you know, your body's not facing the wall, someone's talking to you. Again, that could be another story for another time. 
I will try to make eye contact and respond to the speaker by saying yes or no or other words that match what the speaker is saying. The speaker needs to know that I have heard what they have said so they can feel respected. Again, I'm going to teach them the language that the child needs to be able to move, go into the next thing. So I think that's really important to understand that I'm going to give the, the language in the social storybook. So again, I'm teaching, I'm not expecting them to have the answer because they might not at that time. If I don't respond to the speaker, I'll be asked twice for a response. If I still don't respond, I'll need to take a break until I'm ready to talk. Again, another picture of the child, maybe taking a break or just waiting. If I run away and hide, which a lot of kids do, I will be given one minute on a timer. By the end of that minute, it is expected that I join the group. If I am not ready to join the group, I'll need to take a break until I can calmly return. Again, kids will run away in in a situation where they are feeling insecure, not sure, super anxious, and it's also a social area, and they're like, ah, I can't, so it's a way to escape. But then we have to look at how to return and how do we re-enter, because re-entering is really hard. So again, we're giving them, we'll take a longer break, and then having them come back into the group. Once again, one page, one picture to go with that. At school, we have an agreement that we don't use or pretend to use weapons. If I make my hands into a gun and pretend to shoot people, I'll be asked to sit down and miss out on one minute of playtime. Again, it's it's like what behavior, what consequence are going to follow after what's going to happen. That's not appropriate. And then on this page, it says one minute. We will use a timer for the minute break and the timer will start when I'm sitting down. I will need to sit down for the whole minute or the timer will start again. Some kids, when they are this upset, you know, it takes a little bit of time to calm down. So we want to make sure that we're starting the timer when they're actually calm and they can go to, they can be successful. So you really want to make sure they're successful. Again, a picture of the timer, whatever timer you're going to use. When we sit on the rug, it's expected that I sit on the white line. I will do my best to choose one place to sit and stay there. And this is where you have in morning meeting where a, a teacher has, you know, a rug that shows placements. It might be squares or other things like this, but this is also where you would have a picture of where the child should be sitting. Sometimes my body has a hard time staying on the line, but I will do my best to listen to reminders to get back on the white line. I can remind others to sit on the white line by saying, sit on the white line, please. Again, we're like saying sometimes it's not all the time because he's, he might make a mistake or she might make a mistake. And so we want to make sure that the child feels successful and they're not shamed because they're not doing what's expected and what we're trying to teach, right? If I'm having a hard time knowing what to do when we change from one activity to the next, I can ask an adult. Again, transitions are really hard. So what are the expectations when a transition happens? If I need space, I could take a brain break, go to the bathroom, or take a drink of water. Once again, you're going to see we're giving, you know, solutions versus, you know, just saying, I'm going to take a break. What does a break mean? Have pictures of the breaks in the break area that you can be in. The adults in the classroom are here to help me. They give me instructions so that the whole group can work together and learn best. I can always ask questions when I am confused or nervous. And again, like we're talking about these emotions and these are normal emotions we have, but it's being able to, to have that with your child to understand like, okay, this is normal, but when we feel these emotions, what do we do next? The reason why I take a break is so that I can calm my body and return to the group. Sometimes an adult will help me calm my body so that I can learn to do this by myself. So what are your options for a break, right? And so what are you going to do for the child? So having a picture out is really helpful. And my goal is to be part of the group. So you want to end on a successful note. When I do what is expected, I am part of the group. 
being part of the group makes me happy. I always end with an emotion on like how you feel afterwards. Like yoga is going to make me happy. You know, going to the restaurant is going to make me happy. Those are the things you want to look at. Being part of a group is going to be happy. I mean, again, you can like, oh, I went to the bathroom and did all the steps. That made me feel really good. I'm proud of myself. So look at the things that um, help the child feel good about themselves and what is the social story about? Because the social story can be about expectations. It could be around how to take a break. It could be how to control your anger. How could you, how do you listen? Again, it's anything and everything. And as we're going into reopening the schools, looking at how a social story could help. And honestly, it's one story that you could send out to all the class, you know, for like 30 kids or whatever. And it does take a little bit of time at first, but to look at the language, you want to make sure that you're it's positive reinforcement. Um, you're not, there's no shaming the child. The learn that the child is actually learning something and you want to look at ways to help um, the child be, become successful. And with that, hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back next week.